Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. I'm so glad to be in church today. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bible, you can turn with me this morning to the book of Isaiah. Book of Isaiah. Those of you who don't know, it's in the Old Testament. Chapter 9. And we'll read verses 6 and 7. the Lord if you have it say amen it's 10 till 12 I'm just giving you notice so if it's one when you get out it's not my fault just teasing I'll try to get you out of here as soon as possible but I feel like the Lord uh wants to do something. Somebody say amen. Isaiah 9, 6, 7. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of His government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon His kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. Somebody say forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And how many knows that when the Lord speaks it, somebody say it's going to come to pass. Isaiah 7 and 14. Before that, let's just pray. God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we're thankful for what we feel in the house of the Lord today. God, I pray today that you would help me, Lord, for a little while. Anoint my lips of clay. Lord, as I speak the word that you have spoken. And God, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would anoint every eye to see, every ear to hear, and every heart to be understanding of your word. Take us beyond ourselves today. Give us revelation in your word. God, without which we cannot know you or see you. Open our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our hearts to be understanding. We'll give you all the praise in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord.
Thank you, Ashlyn. Amen. I want to preach to you on this subject this morning. Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. Amen. The name of Jesus. In the book of Isaiah, the 7th chapter and the 14th verse, the prophet Isaiah says, Therefore the Lord himself, somebody say himself, shall give you a sign. What's the sign? Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Somebody say God with us. The Lord himself is going to give a sign. A virgin is going to conceive and bear a son and, and shall call his name Emmanuel. This is Isaiah writing hundreds of years before the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Speaking of the birth of the one. Somebody say the one. That would, be, uh, uh, that would come through the womb of a woman and become a man. And perform that which is the will of God in the earth. Amen. Uh, if we were to stand up here this morning and talk about all that he has done and said, it would take us an eternity. Amen. How many know John, the, the, the apostle John said, if all the books were written that were wrote of all the things that he did, even the world itself wouldn't be able to contain the books. Amen. So for me to stand up here in one session and talk about everything that he is would be impossible. Amen. But how many know that, that, that Jesus is the fulfillment of the, of, the, of the prophetic message that there would be a sign and there would be a virgin uh, that would conceive in her womb and she would bring forth a son and his name would be called Emmanuel, which is God with us. And how many know that the angel of the Lord showed up to Mary? Amen. The mother of Jesus and said, you, thou art highly favored of the Lord. Amen. And you're going to conceive. And you're going to bear a son. Amen. And she's like, how am I going to have a son when I've not yet been with a man? Amen. And he said, the Holy Ghost will come upon you. Come on. And overshadow you. And that which is birthed in you shall be of the Lord of the Holy Ghost. Come on. How many know that that, that, that seed that was planted in the womb of Mary was not from corruptible seed? Come on. It was not from sinful man. But that seed that was planted in the womb of Mary was from the Father in heaven, was from the Spirit of the living God. Somebody say amen. And in Matthew 1.21, he told her, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. But hold on a minute, preacher. I thought you said his name was going to be Emmanuel. I want to tell you this morning that the name of Jesus means Jehovah is become salvation. It is the Lord Jehovah that has become our salvation. 
Somebody say Jesus. Amen. Now there's some, there's some uh, debate in the day and time that we're living in. The, the enemy would like to do anything he can to take the emphasis off of the name of Jesus. Amen. Because the name of Jesus is the only name. Amen. When Peter stood up and was preaching to, to the council, he said, There is none other name given among men whereby we must be saved. Come on. It is the only name. In Philippians, Paul said, For God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name, that every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. I come to preach to you this morning that there's one name, and the name is Jesus, and it's above every other name. Amen. In the book of Colossians, he says, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this world, but in that which is to come. How many know that it's not just here that his name is exalted? It's for all of eternity. It's in the world to come forever. His name shall be above every name. Amen. So the enemy, our adversary, uh, the system of this world would like to do anything to take the emphasis off of the name of Jesus. They've been trying to stomp it out for years. They've been trying. Amen. They killed the apostles. Come on, somebody. The ones they didn't kill, they tortured. Come on. Christians throughout all the ages that spoke the name of Jesus, they were sawn asunder. They were, they were tortured. They were burned at the stake. They were crucified. They were beheaded. Come on. They were persecuted with all hatred and all malice. Why? Because there's only one name. And if there's one thing that the devil hates, it is the name of Jesus because it holds power and authority. Amen. And so the enemy would like to do anything he could to take the emphasis off of the name of Jesus. Amen. They will even tell you that the name of Jesus is not the name. I've had people come to me and tell me, you're deceived. The name of Jesus is not the name. The name is Yah. Or the name is Yeshua. Amen. Everybody's confused. Yeshua is the Hebrew name. Come on. It's the, it's the Hebrew name that was given to the one that would come. When the Bible was written in, in, in Greek, or uh, it, was, it was Yeshua, which was the word that was spoken to, to the Hebrews. It was, it was Yeshua. Amen. Yeshua is going to come. Amen. Yeshua is going to uh, go. His name shall be called Yeshua. Amen. That's the Hebrew name. Somebody say it's the Hebrew name. It's English spelling. If you, if you look the translation up, it's Joshua. Amen. Or Jesus. Those two names are interchangeable for the, the English version of the Hebrew Yeshua. Amen. Somebody say amen. In the Greek, it was Aesos. Amen. And the translit that's the transliteration of the Hebrew name. And its e English spelling is Jesus. Amen. Amen. The names Joshua and Jesus are essentially the same. 
Both are English pronunciations of the Hebrew and Greek names of our Lord. Somebody say amen. amen. But changing the language of a word does not affect the meaning of the word. Somebody say amen. And uh, uh, if you look at what we call a bound and covered set of pages, we call a book. Somebody say amen. In German, it's Buch. Buch. In Spanish, it's Libro. In French, it's Livre. The language changes, but the object itself does not. As Shakespeare said, that which we call a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. Regardless of the language, the name means Jehovah is salvation. Come on, somebody. The Bible... The Bible nowhere commands us to only speak or write his name in Hebrew or in Greek. In fact, when the apostles were speaking the gospel on the day of Pentecost, the apostles spoke in the languages of those that were present. Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya near Cyrene. In the power of the Holy Ghost, Jesus was made known in every nation in a way that they could understand what was being Amen. We refer to him as Jesus because English speaking people know him through English translation of the Greek New Testament. Scripture does not value our language over another and it gives no indication that we must resort to Hebrew when addressing the Lord. The command is call on the name of the Lord and we shall be saved. Whether we call on him in English or we call on him in Korean or we call on him in Vietnamese Japanese, Russian, Spanish the result is going to be the same Jehovah is salvation stand to your feet and clap your hands to the Lord he is worthy to be praised hallelujah amen somebody say Jehovah shall be praised. Jehovah is salvation. Come on. When you say the name of Jesus, you're encompassing all that he was in the past to the Hebrews, all that he is in the present. Come on. And all that he's going to be for Jesus said, I am the first and the last. I am he that was and is and is to come. The almighty. When you reference the name of Jesus, you're referencing not just a man, but the deity that created all things amen you can be seated in the presence of the Lord if you'd care to Colossians 1 and 15 who is the image of the invisible God the firstborn of every creature <laughs> somebody would say now hold on a minute let me, let me get my, my ducks in a row here. Because Jesus uh, was not the first man. Right? We'd say Jesus was not the first man. Adam was the first man. But it says 
He's the firstborn of every creature. That means before anything else, Jesus. Amen. That means before the Spirit began to move upon the void earth and the darkness that was upon the face of the deep. Amen. Before He, he planted the trees and before He filled the oceans and created the oceans and before He set the sun in the sky, Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. Amen. But before He took the dust of the ground... And began to form the first man. Amen. How many know that he spoke everything into existence? I learned this from my pastor. But, but when he began to make the man, he formed him. He took his hands. And past, my pastor would say, he rolled up his sleeves. Come on. And he got his hands in the dirt. And he began to make. The man, come on, he formed the man and he made him in his own image and after his own likeness. And I want to tell you today, who do you think that Adam was made in the form of? Amen. Because our God don't work from the beginning to the ending. He works from the ending to the beginning. And so when he was making Adam, he was looking at Jesus. Come on. When he was making Adam, he had Jesus in mind. And all that he had purposed. And all that would be foretold. And all that would be unfolded. Come on. That in the beginning of time, it was Jesus. For my Bible tells me that he was slain from the foundation of the world. That means before the foundation of the world was laid, he was already slain. He had already become a man because our God is eternal and he's before all things and by him all things consist. Somebody say Jesus, the firstborn of every creature. For by him, somebody say by him, were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by Him and for Him. And He is before all things. And by Him all things consist. And He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things He might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in Him should all fullness dwell. Amen. Let me just lay it out for you. He is the image of the invisible God. Somebody say the image. You look up that word image in the Greek. It's iconius. It's where we get our, our word icon. Somebody say icon. What's an icon? It's a representation, right? Of something. It's, a, it's the visual representation of something. It's the icon. 
Amen. The icon is, is more than just what you see. Amen. On your little, on your little iPhone. How many have an iPhone? Take your iPhone out. This is the only time you're going to be able to do that in church. If you're texting, mm, we'll have to call you down. Don't look at your neighbor talking to you. Open it up. You got a passcode on there? Take the passcode. Mine responds to my face. When it opens up, it says, you're ugly. <laughs> Hold it up like this. Show your neighbor if they don't have one. See those little app, those little icons on there? That, that's an icon. Amen. It's, uh, you, you, really, you really can't tell all that it is by, by looking at it. Amen. I got an app on here. It's the Olive Tree Bible. It's a study Bible. It's my favorite one. Amen. It's, it's so easy to navigate through. Those of us who, who are, aren't as smart as other people, we need the easy ones. People say, you need to get this one or that one. And I get them and I'm like, oh, I can't even navigate through them. I'll just go back to my other one. <laughs> Amen. But if you take that icon, which is an image, and you click on it, Somebody say, click on it. Everything that's in that app opens up to you. Everything that, that is in that icon, amen, because that icon is more than just what you see. Come on. It's more than just what's visible to you. Amen. There's, there's things that have been put in the icon that, that, that there's a broad variety. Everything that is in the Bible is in that icon. Come on. Everything that was purposed to be in the Bible is in that icon. I can, I can get in there. I can look up words. I can look up definitions. I can, I can, I can copy and paste and, and take things from it and put it in my notes. Come on. I can, it's very, it's, it's, it's very effective for me in studying the Bible, but how many knows that that thing does not help me if I don't ever click on the icon. Amen. The icon is the image. The image is just what's visible. Amen. And we can hear the name of Jesus and we can click on the name of Jesus and everything that God was and everything that he is and everything that he's ever going to be. When we click on Jesus, it all opens up to us because he is the, he is the image. Come on. He is the image of the invisible God. He is the firstborn of every creature. He is everything that God ever was, ever is, and ever will be be somebody say man far above all somebody say far above all principality and power and might and dominion and above every name that is named come on not only in this world but also in that which is to come 
Amen. I want to preach to you this morning and I'm almost done that the name of Jesus is above every name. Come on. It carries with it all that God is, all the mystery and the hidden wisdom of the will and the purpose of God are in Jesus. Everything that God wanted to be and give to mankind is all represented in Jesus Christ. Everything that man should be or ever aspire to become is all exemplified in the body and the work and the life and the name of Jesus Christ. I want to tell you today, you don't need another psychology class. You don't need another class to try to help you be who you are. You need Jesus. You need His plan for your life. You need His healing in your life. You need His blood to wash your sins away. It's all in Jesus. Somebody say, it's all in Jesus. Somebody say it's the only name. And having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. How did that operate and how did that work? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself. Somebody say, but made himself. He made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth. He was found in fashion as a man and he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So let me, let me paint you a picture. Okay. I'm almost done. When Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, there was a separation. Amen. The sin, the transgression against the law of God, they, they, they exercised their own will to do against what God had told them to do. Amen. And they sinned. How many know that's how sin happens? He that knows to do good and does it not, to him it's sin. How many know that all have sinned? And come short of the glory of God. There is none good. No, not one. Don't look at another man and say, oh yeah, he's a good man. Not without God, he's not. I got a couple of amens, but some of you are confused. Jesus said, there's none good but God. 
Come on. All have sinned. We've all come short of the glory of God. We all took on the sinful nature after, after Adam's transgression, not after the simultutor in the same way, but we've all sinned in our own way. Somebody say amen. And so mankind fell. When God created them in the garden, he created them to have dominion. He, what's dominion? What's dominion? Authority. What else? Control. When he made the man in the garden, he gave them dominion. Listen to me. Over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over every creeping thing that creeps on earth, even over creeps. Amen. And then it says, over all of the earth, he gave man dominion. Man was the superior creation of God. Man was made in the image of and the likeness of God. Man was made to stand in place of representation of who God was in the earth. Man was created for God. Come on. To serve God. And to commune with God. Come on. Man was the, well, was the sole reason that he created everything else. So that man could live. That's a great revelation right there. Amen. How many know that the animals are not on the same level as man, regardless of what this world tries to tell you? Come on. That man, he said, he said, are you not more valuable than many sparrows? Come on. Don't you understand that the very hairs on your head are numbered? That God knows you so well that when a hair falls off of your head and falls to the ground, that he knows about it? Come on. God loves you so much. He... He values your life. Amen. He created all this for man. Somebody say for man. So when, 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 when man sinned, they lost something. They lost sonship. Because now man had become a misrepresentation of who God had created him to be. Now, man, even though, even though man sinned, how many know he still had dominion? Amen. He has a, a free moral choice. He can choose to be and do whatever he wants to do. Amen. How many know man still has dominion in the earth? But now they're controlled by the serpent. And the fallen nature of the serpent. Somebody say amen. But now what man is putting his hand to do is contrary to the will of God. Everybody stay with me. Amen. And so now there's a dilemma in the earth because man has fallen and the people that he has given dominion to are now doing all they want to do rather than what God wants them to do. They're serving themselves in the world rather than serving God. Amen. And now the sons that God had desired to have are lost because of sin, because of disobedience to the word of God. Amen. And so from the beginning, after, after the, the sin had happened, God began to speak and say to the woman that your seed shall produce a, an heir and he shall bruise his head, the serpent's head, and the serpent's head shall bruise his foot. What he was saying was there's going to be a man that's born of the woman that's going to get back everything that Adam has lost in the garden. Amen. Why did God become a man? God was manifest in the flesh, the Bible says why did he become a man? He had to. 
He had to. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, it behooved him. Or it was necessary for him that he be made like unto his brethren. That he might be a faithful and merciful high priest of things pertaining to God. Amen. That he might be a bridge, a go-between, between where you are and where God is. Come on. That he might be not only faithful to you, but merciful to you. Because he was tempted in all points like we are, but yet without sin. Come on. And he stood in the gap between us and God. And he took our sin that we committed. And he looked down through the pages of time. And he said, I see Tim Christmas that's going to need a savior I see Bill Kaiser that's going to need a savior I see Sharon and I see many others that's going to need a savior they can't do it themselves and I'm going to stand in the gap I'm going to take the punishment for them on the cross Why is his name exalted? Because he's the one. He's the one. He's the one that bore our sin. That bore our shame. He was the one that was wounded for the healing of all the nations. He was the one that was nailed to the cross for what we did. Not for what he did. For what we did. And he's the one that was raised from the, the, the grave on the third day with all power and all authority in his hand. He's the one. Stand to your feet all around the building. Lift your hands to the Lord and say, God, I recognize you're the one, Jesus. You're the one, Jesus. You're the one, Jesus. You're the one, Jesus. Somebody say, you're the one, Jesus. If you're going to be saved, it's going to be through the name of Jesus. If you're going to be saved, it's going to be through the preaching of the cross of Jesus Christ that you're saved. That's the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. If you're going to know the hidden wisdom of God, it's going to be through Jesus Christ. Because it says, in him are hidden all the treasures of knowledge and wisdom. Come on, somebody. If you're going to be healed, it's going to be through the name of Jesus Christ. If you're going to be delivered, it's going to be through his name. Somebody say amen. There are a lot of people. A lot of churches, and I'm not here to condemn anybody. They don't have any problem saying God. But I want you to think about it. When you say the word God, it could represent a whole lot of different entities. Because there are gods that are of this world. And there are other gods that people worship. Come on. But when you say the name, it sets him apart. Because that one that's in control of all, come on, that one that's all powerful, 
and all-knowing slipped into the womb of a woman and was born and became a faithful high priest of all things unto the body of Christ, which is us, the church. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. It's all in the name of Jesus. There's no way around it. There's no other way to get to, the, to God except through Jesus Christ. Somebody say, Jesus. There's no other way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man. Somebody say, no man. Cometh unto the Father, but by me. In other words, you cannot pass me by. If you want to get to heaven, it's going to go through me. That's why he said, everything you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of Jesus Christ. That's why we pray in his name. That's why we baptize in his name. That's why we preach in his name. That's why we witness in his name. That's why we live in his name. Come on. Everything that we do, that's why we worship in his name. Amen. That's why we lift up the name. How many know the Bible says that if two or three are gathered together, he said, in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Amen. That when we begin to worship the Lord in Jesus' name, that all of a sudden the Lord shows up in our presence and in our meeting to meet the needs that we have and a desire of Him. I want to tell you today, it's all in Jesus' name. Somebody say, in Jesus' name. Come on, why don't you lift your hands and worship. We're going to sing for just a moment. Jesus, Jesus. Come on, why don't you sing with us today? Hallelujah.
may be here this morning and you feel so far away from what I talked about today. You feel far away from peace. You feel far away from direction. You feel far away from healing. But our, my Bible tells me that those that were afar off were made nigh or brought near by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And we have access to the Father through Him. If you're here this morning and you feel far away, but you feel the Lord pulling on you, amen. He wants to heal your life. He wants to change your life. But you've got to make an addition this morning. You've got to lay it, your life down and you've got to call on the name of the Lord. And that name this morning is Jesus Christ. If you submit yourself to Him, He will heal your life. He will forgive your sins. He will cast your sin as far as east is from the west. He will raise you up to walk in newness of life. And He will give you power and authority over everything that ails you. Come on. He will give you dominion once again. And He'll bring healing to your life. Amen. Somebody say amen. Man, we're going to sing it again. If you're here this morning and you want to come pray, these altars are open. Amen. We're going to pray with you. We're going to help you today. Come on, let's sing it. Jesus, Jesus. I know it's Father's Day, but we got to make room for prayer this morning. Come on, if you want to draw near unto the Lord. Amen. Come on, saints, if you want to draw near to the Lord. Come on, why don't you come and lift your hands and just worship that name. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.